0: Nigga, 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 Ahoy, Nickelodeon fans, and welcome to This Week in Nickelodeon History. My name is Captain Eric, and we are covering all of the Nickelodeon shows that either started or ended between the times of December 5th to December 11th. And we are starting this week with a, uh, with a fairly new show that just started two years ago. I'm lying. Last year on December 11th, 2020, uh, Baby Shark's Big Show... Premiered on Nickelodeon, uh, "Baby Shark" is of course the song that everybody uh, couldn't get out of their heads throughout 2020. It broke out, I believe, in 2019 uh, on the internet and was um, produced by the South Korean company Pink Frog on YouTube and just quickly exploded into a phenomenon that you know we we've seen a couple times before where just something something just becomes you know big on this level with especially with songs on YouTube you know songs like gangnam style or what you know what does the fox say and it, it just blows up and where the song is kid appropriate enough and so just everybody is just jamming out to the same song for a long period of time this time it was a it was a preschool level song that just was everywhere It was just it was an earworm unlike that we've seen with a preschool song and in, in at least a while I'll, I'll give them credit on that front but uh baby shark was absolutely everywhere the the video was everywhere and and pink frog did a, a pretty good job very early on of of making sure that th- their you know definitive version was the the baby shark you know that everybody would see would be the baby shark that would come up when you look for it um because you know on on the internet especially on youtube people you know with with songs and just copying your songs and especially in the in the children genre that's a whole other can of worms to open up there but um yeah that you know everybody can just take your song and then other ones just get bigger and no so so we had that cartoon version of baby shark that that blew up with their video and hey nickelodeon came a calling and and here we have uh Baby Shark's Big Show, uh, I it's still going on. It, it's on its first season of 30 episodes. And, hey, I, I imagine that still, because I'm still seeing Baby Shark toys all over, like Target and Walmart, that show is absolutely going to continue. I I, uh, I don't know. It's, it, it's such a, a steamroll of, of a concept and idea. It, it's Yeah, it, we don't have to worry about that ending anytime soon. That, that Baby Shark song, I get over it. It's a, it's a good, decent song. We can all enjoy Baby Shark once in a while. Um, five years ago, on December 9th, 2016, Albert premiered on Nickelodeon. Directed by Max Lang, Albert was one of their... Uh, uh, actually, their very first uh, original animated movie. Wouldn't you believe it? And all this time, Nickelodeon... Now, you know, Jimmy Neutron was a theatrical movie, but they never had an original IP or, uh, animated TV movie, and here we have Albert. Um, a, uh, a Christmas movie starring Bobby Moynihan as the titular Albert, a, uh, a very small, meek Douglas fir tree who dreams of becoming the, uh, the centerpiece... Christmas tree in New York City uh the the uh, Empire City in in the movie but I mean we all know when you think of like what's the grandest Christmas tree and you think of the one in Rockefeller Center so uh but yeah I I have actually never seen this movie I I adore Bobby Moynihan to death I love his work uh I'm going to give this a watch one of these days because I'm also seeing uh, the likes of Tom Kenny and Rob Riggle on the cast, John DiMaggio, I'm there. I'm sold. So uh, I'll have to check out Albert. It definitely. You know what? We're in the month of December. I'll let you know within the next uh, few weeks how it is. I, uh, I'll, I'll make sure of that. Eight years ago, on December 7th, 2013, the Fresh Beat Band finished its run on Nickelodeon. Created by Scott Kraft and Nadine Vandervelde, the uh, Fresh Beat Band was uh, a, a bit akin to the Wiggles, and maybe they, they you know, maybe they don't rock that comparison. But it, it's a—it's a band made for kids. It's a band of of four adults, you know, making songs for children, and they did a wonderful job. Three seasons, sixty episodes plus a standalone special, and then the characters would then go on to uh, be animated into a spinoff called Fresh Beat Band of Spies. So we have a successful franchise here on, on their hands. Uh, I, I don't obviously see the the Fresh Beats having the same longevity as the Wiggles, but uh, that's I think that's a one-and-only type type deal. Uh, There'll always be children's bands out there, and uh, that kind of work, and especially the concerts they put on, the, the grind, I've seen it, I respect it. And uh, it's not easy. It's, it's not easy, not easy work. Uh, nine years ago, on December 8th, 2012, How to Rock premiered, no, finished its run, on Nickelodeon, created by Jim O'Doherty. The show ran for one season of 25 episodes. Twelve years ago, on December 11th, 2009, Nickelodeon held their first annual Halo Awards, Uh, The uh, annual award shows that were on Teen Nick that we went over actually a few weeks ago, a few episodes ago, were the the final Halo Awards. But Halo here stands for uh, Helping and Leading Others, and it was an award show uh, started by Nick Cannon that was designed to honor five different teenagers around the country who... Uh, you know, usually in, in at a high school level, usually seniors or, have, you know, just started college and just these individuals sacrifice so much to better the lives of others. And, and this was a night to honor them. And it went on for, you know, quite a few years and and was hate was, you know, Teen Nick's big annual shindig. And I applaud that. I, I love the concept um, it's a shame that it ended. and there's certainly, I think ways that there, this kind of work should continue. I mean people uh, as someone who feels like they give out a lot as a person, um, being honored, like even just if it's once a year trying, you know, giving people their due, that's that's it's a great feeling. Think about it yourself. When somebody acknowledges the work you've put in, the extra work or or just, you know, the the quality that you put into it, when, when somebody acknowledges that, it's the best feeling in the world. Whether you're an artist, whether you're a student, whether you're a, a an employee or you just any any part of life, you know, just that, hey, you did a good job. Yeah, hey, and, and some people don't need that and some people can know their stuff and don't need the acknowledgement and and certainly there are teens out there probably sacrificing themselves who just absolutely don't need this award show acknowledgement but hey um each each teen was presented with ten thousand dollars to further their education and then another sum of money for a charity of their choosing and and i hey that's uh that's all awesome i'm glad they uh glad they were able to do that on December 7th 2008, 13 years ago uh, the Rugrats preschool days finished its run on Nickelodeon the uh, the Rugrats preschool days was a concept for a spin-off show that took Angelica and Susie um, aged them down a bit to have them back in preschool uh, bring down a few other all grown-up teenagers down to the preschool level and and build a spin-off. Um, the the big real downfall, though, in my opinion, just was the animation style. They really try they really tried changing it up, and it you know if you even saw the character designs, you would see like I know that's Angelica, but it doesn't look like Angelica, and there was just something about the show that that kind of felt off. Uh, it, it was only made for four episodes. It was created by Arlene Klasky and Gabar Chupo, the, the creators of, of Rugrats, uh, although Rugrats was also co-created by Paul Germain. Uh, and, of course, he, after he had stepped away, was not really involved with any of these other future Rugrats projects. Um, these, these episodes actually first released alongside the Tales from the Crib series of Snow White and Three Jacks and a Beanstalk, the straight-to-DVD uh, Rugrats projects. Uh, they would eventually make their uh, premiere on Nickelodeon between the times of November sixteenth, two 2008 to December seventh, two 2008. And check this out. All of those new episodes aired at 6 a.m. This was not a show that Nickelodeon was looking to promote. They aired it at a very early time. I I don't know, um, you know, obviously due to contracts, they probably had to air it at at some point and just chose a very, uh, you know, a very quick time to just toss it out there and, and had it sink. But hey, we, you know, we, we have to look back on it. It's, it's, if you've never seen it, definitely worth a watch. Um, Thirteen years ago, on December 6th, 2008, Random Cartoons premiered on Nicktoons Network. Created by Fred Seibert, Random Cartoons ran for one season of 13 episodes made up of 39 segments. Random Cartoons is very much a uh, a sister show to Oh Yeah Cartoons. It's It's a collection of shorts. Uh, animation studios just making making shorts basically pitches uh, to make animated shows and and they you know eventually have these ideas of hey let's kind of compile these together and and put them out there to the public engage the public the public what they want and and hear their voice and see what segments uh are really popular you know and and networks have done various things with these pilots and various gimmicks to, to get them out there. My favorite was uh cartoon networks, the big pick. Uh, I, I like that entire event where they would, they would build around the fact that they have all these little pilot shows. And then, you know, almost like American idol, Hey, you know, call and vote to, you know, pick your choice. And especially with social media now, you know, the kind of campaigns they can get going and, and whatnot. Um, it, it's a different age with, with that. A, you almost can't really do a big pick. I, I guess you could do it as a television exclusive and then release the shorts online after they air and whatnot. But but anyway, Nickelodeon had done, oh yeah, cartoons throughout uh, the the 90s and, and 2000s, uh, airing their shorts, and this was another attempt at that. The shorts that aired on that day were Solomon Fix, created by uh, Doug Tenaple, uh the creator, actually, of Earthworm Jim. Um, And we'll leave it at that. Next, we have Moo Beard, the Cow Pirate, created by Kyle Caroza and Two Witch Sisters, created by Nikki Yang. All three shorts aired on December 6th, 2008. Thirteen years ago, on December 5th, 2008, we had the television movie Merry Christmas, Drake and Josh. Uh, uh, A year after the Drake and Josh TV ended, the twosome decided to get together and make a Christmas movie, uh, realizing that they never really had a proper Christmas episode throughout the show. And and honestly, a Christmas movie is is a really good reason to get the gang back together and, and get everybody, you know, to make one more Drake and Josh outing. I Drake and Josh is one of my favorite live action Nickelodeon shows. It's it's up there in the top three. And uh, this TV movie, probably my favorite out of their TV movie outings. There was the uh, uh, the one where they went to to Hollywood, uh, The Big Shrimp, and Merry Christmas, Drake, and Josh. I think this was the best one. Um, there, the, the, one other notable thing about this movie it was also the acting debut of professional fighter, boxer, Kimbo Slice, who uh, passed away. Um, on June 6, 2016, at the age of 42, um, which is very young. And, and of course, I'm sure the the work that he did, the, the career that he put forth uh, didn't didn't help with that. But uh, as an actor, the the man had talent. You know, he he seemed to chum it up. He, he had looked like he had a fun time and uh, and didn't really seem at a place. Uh, although the the way this was filmed, it was they did it kind of like Keenan and Kel, two heads are better than none, where it's it's not a uh, it's not filmed like the show. It's filmed more like a TV movie, and there's no laugh track, so you're you're really watching a, an actual Drake and Josh movie, um, and and I like that. I actually really I really prefer that, and it's kind of one of those things that. I just wish I wish we got something theatrical with those characters, uh, especially by the end with the the group of side characters they had built. Just all of them, and I'm I'm so glad that we got so many uh, returning characters into this movie, even if some some felt just kind of shoehorned in, but. Ah, uh, to see everybody return for this was wonderful. If you haven't seen it, hey, here's the Christmas season. I'm checking out Albert. You, you should check out Merry Christmas, Drake and Josh, definitely. Uh, and and by the way, this is also the third most viewed TV movie on cable, um, behind High School Musical two and Wizards of Waverly Place, the movie, which were you know both on Disney Channel. But uh, that's a big deal. I I don't know if if since then that's that's been eclipsed, but. Hey, at some point in time, this was the third watched behind those two. Nineteen years ago, on December tenth, two thousand two, Invader Zim came to an end on Nickelodeon with their Christmas episode, "The Most Horrible Xmas Ever." Uh, now, this is like a bit of an asterisk here because this uh, th- this is actually just a, a really weird case. Um, Nickelodeon had renewed Invader Zim for a second season, which originally planned 20 episodes. Um, but soon after, you know, their announcement, you know, in, in August 2001, they announced the 20 episode second season. January 2002, they announced that they had planned to cancel the series, with only 27 of its initial contracted 40 episodes. And that's why there's, you know, so much known about unfinished episodes out there of Invader Zim. Um, the seventh episode of the second season, which was which which was also its last, the most horrible Xmas ever ever, um, was the only episode of season two to air on Nickelodeon. They aired the first season, um, which finished its run, you know, about like, you know, May to April time. um, Uh, Or around July of 2002. They aired the Christmas episode, the one season two episode, right at the end of the year. And then that was it. The remaining season two episodes, episode one through six of season two, just completely left unaired. They went on DVD and then were later aired on the Nicktoons Network in 2006 to like massive ratings. 'Cause like, it was just a big deal because you know, for a lot of people, if they weren't gonna dish out the the money on DVD, uh you know this was their way to watch those episodes. So um yeah, it's it's really weird how they handled Invader Zim in in such a turnaround time, um to to go from just the full 20 to to just cutting them at their knees. And uh it's it's kind of it's just it's such a good story to know that that those bad decisions would later put a put a big old egg on their face because Invader Zim would would absolutely I, I'm I, I have not seen any of the numbers, but I would guarantee you that Invader Zim with the amount of merchandise it has consistently had in Hot Topics for decades uh, that they have got to be up there in the top merchandise sellers of Nicktoons. They have to be up there with SpongeBob, uh, maybe not SpongeBob levels, or not even Avatar, but uh, the amount of money they were making from merchandise still with this cult show, and then inevitably would come back to it with Enter the Florpus, which they they had to have. I'm I'm so glad that they they did what they did and went back to to that show because they left it so unfinished, and and it deserved so much more from this network and. And it could have lived on. They like the Invader Zim, I know it got dark at some times, but if Nickelodeon ever wanted to kickstart a bit of a an you know, a real snick for the two thousands, like, you know, their version of adult swim coat you know, quote unquote, not to go that mature, but just to go, hey, for that older Nickelodeon audience who are gonna stay up and maybe watch them on Saturday nights keep on Invader, like Invader Zim could have been the cornerstone of that I don't know, just a bit short-sighted in my opinion 24 years ago on December 6th 1997 A Real Monsters finished its run on Nickelodeon is it weird that you know, the two dark Nicktoons uh, Aro monsters and Invader Zim kind of ended their runs in December. I, I don't know. Or does that feel appropriate to, to some other people? Oh, by the way, I, I completely missed on Invader Zim here. I got a, on that all a whole tangent. Um, but Invader Zim was created by and Vasquez and it ran for two seasons of 27 episodes. All right, that was a that was a mistake uh, that I rectified. A Real Monsters was created by Garber Chupo and Peter Gaffney and ran for four seasons of 52 episodes. Uh, one of my one of my favorite Nicktoons, one that you should certainly go out of your way to watch especially if you love uh you know, dark humor, if you love horror movies, if you love anything scary, spooky, if you're one of those people who love Halloween, You're going to find enjoyment with Aro Monsters. There's so much heart to the show. There's so many layers, so many different characters, and so many different avenues to their comedy and their storytelling. And they take full advantage, in my opinion, of the hand they've been given with with the world that they've built. Uh, I absolutely love this show. It is worth going back into. And it's honestly a property that I would love Nickelodeon to do a TV movie of can you imagine trying to build what does the monster world look like in a world where everybody has cameras in their pockets? How do they survive? What are the current teachings of the two thousand twenty one monster academy i I don't know these these questions uh these questions should be answered in my opinion they should twenty five years ago on December eighth nineteen ninety six Allegra's window finished its run. On Nick Jr., uh, Nick Jr. part of Nickelodeon, created by Jan Fleming Candler, John Hoffman, and Jim Jenkins, the show ran for three seasons of 50 episodes. And finally, 34 years ago, on December 31st, 1987, Standby Lights, Camera, Action uh, finished its run on Nickelodeon. Presented by Leonard Nimoy, uh, of course, best known as Spock from Star Trek. Uh, The show looked through the different stages of production through various motion pictures and interviewed different film crew members. And honestly, this is something I would have been watching if I was a kid. I was really into the filmmaking process at an early age and, and always enjoyed uh, you know, learning about the various methods about how movies are done. Um, so I've I've never personally seen this show, but just knowing that Leonard Nimoy was was the presenter behind it is more of a reason for me to go and look for it beyond it being on Nickelodeon. So uh, love Leonard Nimoy, love Star Trek, and I love all of you, and and thank you for making me a part of your your week as you are a part of mine. Um, By by the way, my name is Captain Eric, if you don't already know, and and if you like any of the uh, audio or video content I put out, if there's any way that you can help that content grow by liking, subscribing, sharing, all of that is much appreciated. Anything that you can do is much appreciated. Um, Your your ears, your attention is much appreciated. Uh, Love all of you. Please stay safe. Thank you for joining me in This Week in Nickelodeon History. And I'll see you next week. On the Lord Hut Heroet Nick. On the Lord Hut Heroet Nick Nick. On Ricky Diggillo while living number one, Nickelodeon.